Ballet Arizona presents The Nutcracker. Dancing sweets, mischievous mice, and falling snow are all accompanied by Tchaikovsky's glittering score, live with the Phoenix Symphony. Celebrate the wonder of the season December 9th through 24th at Symphony Hall. Tickets at balletaz.org. Hi, dance friends, and welcome to the Dance Edit Podcast. I'm editor and producer Margaret Fuhrer, back with another interview episode for you all. This week, we'll hear from the ballet trailblazer Keon Ross. A few weeks ago, he was named Associate Artistic Director at Pacific Northwest Ballet, where he'll work alongside Artistic Director Peter Boll. For Ross, who is Black, to become an artistic leader at a major ballet company was pretty big news, since leadership teams throughout the ballet world are overwhelmingly white. And Ross really knows this company inside and out. He's been there for more than two decades in a variety of roles. He's been a dancer, a choreographer, a teacher. Most recently, he was the director of company operations, so he's worked on the administrative side too. He's a PMB lifer. Now he's bringing all of that varied experience to bear on his new job. And as you'll hear, he is deeply committed to programming and especially to commissioning a wide array of choreographers, to supporting the increasingly diverse roster of dancers at PMB, and to helping the company welcome new and different kinds of audiences. And he believes that all of those goals are related. Here he is. Kian, hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hi, Margaret. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah. I mean, first of all, congratulations on your big promotion, which was major dance world news when it was announced a couple weeks ago now. And it happened right at the, com- the start of the company's big anniversary season. So you are busy. Quite busy. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this new opportunity. Um, I've been at PMB for a really long time. And uh, this feels like a natural progression for my career here at PMB. So I'm pretty excited um, for me, for PMB, um, and for the dance world. Yeah, that's actually, that's, you know, leading right into my first question, which is about the fact that you've spent almost your whole professional life at PMB. It's unfolded there in many different directions. I have a question that I think has some obvious answers and maybe some not so obvious answers, which is how have all of those experiences at this one organization prepared you for this new artistic leadership role? I mean, it, you know, it basically feels like one of the longest apprenticeships to become an associate (laughs) artistic director that exists. Um, You know, I know this organization quite well. I came when I was a student. I was about 18 years old uh, when I moved to Seattle. I was training at the School of American Ballet where Peter Bull was actually my teacher, um, which is actually like a a full circle moment um, here. But you know, I moved out to Seattle. I had never been to the West Coast before, um, never been to PMB before. And I moved out here and just had some really wonderful experiences, first as a professional division student, um, coming from SAB um, and coming to PMB. Really encouraging environment here at PMB. Um, they really liked my dancing, which helps a, a lot. Um, and I had a, a, a really different experience than I had at the School of American Ballet. I mean, you know, here at PMB, the professional division students get to be in rehearsals with company members and get to dance with the company. And so that was sort of like my first look into what it would be like to be a company member. And then shortly after that, 
um, in 2001, um, I joined the company. Um, then I spent 14 years dancing in the company um, under first under Kent and Francia, our founding artistic directors, um, and then under Peter Bowl, um, which was amazing. I retired as a soloist in 2015 and then um, kind of was trying to figure out what my next steps would be. Um, and then opportunities just kept coming um, at PMB. They invited me to teach on the school faculty. Um, I, at that point, I had never thought that I would become a dance teacher, um, but it's it's definitely one of the most rewarding experiences that I've had um, being a teacher, um, especially here at PMB and being able to give back um, to the students here at our school. So that was wonderful. And during that time, Peter also asked me to start managing our Next Step program. Um, and it's actually a program that allows company members um, to sort of flex their choreographic muscles and create works in our professional division students. Um, and that was the first time that I had done something completely different than dancing, being a manager of a program and working out the logistics and scheduling and contracts. Um, all of those things were completely brand new to me, but um, saying yes, was one of the best decisions um, I made at that point because it taught me a lot about um, organizational structure and how things actually got done in a ballet company. And so I did that for about four years and then the operations director job came up. And at that point I had graduated from Seattle University with a degree in um, arts leadership um, through our second stage program, which again, PMB has all these wonderful programs and opportunities um, for, for their dancers. Um, second stage program is a program that allows dancers to um, work on their second careers while they're dancing. So I was taking college classes sort of throughout my dance career. Um, and then in 2014, um, graduated from college with my arts leadership degree. And I was kind of like, hmm, I wonder what I can do with this. As you know, in the arts, especially at that time, when people get into positions, they usually like to stay in, stay in them, especially um, positions at larger ballet organizations. Um, so when this job came up, at the same time, a rehearsal director position came up as well. And I actually was going back and forth about which job I would actually apply for. I knew I loved being in the studio with dancers and spending time there. But I also thought that taking the operations director position would give me an opportunity to dive even further um, into what it would actually be like to run a dance organization. What I haven't told you is that sort of in the back of my mind this whole time, I had been thinking to myself that one of these days I would like to become an artistic director, but not quite sure how I would get there, not quite sure how the opportunities would line up for that to happen, just kind of putting it out into the universe and basically trying to manifest it. Um, and so the operations director job I thought would sort of give me even more skills to prepare me for the hopeful eventuality that I will become an artistic director. And so I did that. And as soon as I, as soon as I took the job as the operations director, the pandemic hit. <laughs> and so all of the things that I thought I would be able to handle and manage, that's like completely out the window. And then, you know, you immediately go into learning crisis management. And honestly, I, that was a pretty daunting task, right? To, to step into running an organization and being in charge of the operations. And then the whole organization having to sort of shift and pivot its regular business model to something that we had never done really in, in, in the ballet industry, especially, you know, we, we really, we rarely shared our workout digitally and made contracts for sharing digital content, unless it was like a larger kind of like DVD release or something like that. But 
to have your shows actually online was pretty difficult. But at the same time, you learn so much. And I think during the pandemic is when my relationship with Peter actually shifted. You know, at one point, because of the rolling furloughs that we were having at our organization to try to sort of um, uh, manage the storm that was the pandemic, a lot of the leadership team was not working at the same time. And it just so happened that Peter and I, at a certain stint of, of the pandemic, were kind of the only two working and managing uh, the organization. And that is when, you know, we started having more in-depth conversations, bouncing ideas off of one another, um, and and really just starting to have more of um, a collaborative relationship. And although the pandemic was hard, it was probably one of the best learning opportunities I've had so far in terms of uh, managing and leadership in an arts organization. And um, I, I mean, I actually wouldn't change that part, the learning piece. And so, yeah, I mean, I did the operations job for about three years. Um, and then uh, Peter and Ellen approached me with this opportunity, this new opportunity to ascend and become PMB's next associate artistic director, which I am completely thrilled about. So that's kind of like the long story of kind of how my journey led me to this place in this seat. Yeah, and not just the next associate artistic director. You're the the first associate artistic director ever at the company. Well, you know, our founding artistic director, Francis Russell, I think she held this title for just a tiny bit before she became the co-artistic director. So okay. um, I, I always like to add that little caveat in. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the the thoroughness and the history there. But so at this position as you are inhabiting it is essentially new. And yeah. so I guess what I'm wondering is, well, first of all, what do your responsibilities actually entail? But then also, have you had a role in shaping what they are as you've stepped into this role? As Peter and I were sitting down developing sort of like what my job description would be, um, we left it kind of loose and open on purpose to allow me to kind of grow into the position um, because I do have so many different skill sets and I have worked all of the organization. Um, we wanted to make sure that there were some things that I was focused on, but also to make sure that there were ways that I could continue to give to the organization that I love so much, you know? So in the beginning, because this is brand new for me and for Peter and for the organization, we wanted to make sure to sort of narrow the scope of my work at the beginning. Um, so First, I'll be working with Peter on shaping the season, um, on dancer hirings, um, on uh, coaching in the studio, all of the things that she would expect. But I also will now start to manage some of our offshoot programs um, that I kind of alluded to before. So I'll be overseeing the Next Step program, um, which is our choreographic program. Um, I'll also be overseeing our Dance Film Festival, which came about through the pandemic and is managed by um, PMB soloist Price Siddharth. But I'll sort of oversee that um, on a more global level just to make sure that all the logistics and things are worked out. Um, and then I'll also work with um, our family matinee rehearsal directors on sort of, again, just high level, just sort of managing the program logistics, making sure that everything works out, making sure the communication between that group and the artistic leadership team is really clear and open. Um, I think that with uh, my role as director of company operations, it really gave me a grasp on um, how communication needs to flow out, especially from the leadership team to the rest of the organization. And I want to take that um, skill that I have now and bring it 
back to the artistic team and really make sure that things sort of move smoothly and fluidly and, and just make sure that all those programs continue to thrive and flourish at PMB. Those are the sort of like the three major things I'll be working on internally. But again, I'll sort of have a hand in every piece of the organization. So you're the, the ultimate connector in this new job, all the pieces, put all the pieces together. Oh, and I love the emphasis on communication too, because I feel like historically transparency has not been high on the list of priorities at ballet companies. And that kind of development is such a, a nice thing to see. Yeah. And you, and you wonder why, I mean, you, you wonder why that was always shrouded in mystery you know, I mean, I, I think that the more transparent and the more clear you can be, um, not only with the artists in the organization, but with with the entire leadership team, you know, the teams that run the entire organization, the better your product is going to be and the better your organization is going to run. And so um, clear communication and, and transparency is is a top priority for me as a leader. All right. So here is, I guess, the question, really, which is, um, how would you describe the bigger picture artistic vision for PMB that you and Peter are articulating together? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that a focus on new works is incredibly important, especially for ballet organizations. Um, and so that is what Peter and I are, are really focused on is bringing new works to our audiences, to our dancers, because new works not only feeds what people see on the stage, but it feeds a lot of the other departments that work at PMB. You know, orchestra with new commissions and new costume designers that come in and work with our costume shop. It helps our students kind of see what dance can be and what they can aspire to. So really finding those new voices and using our platform to open the doors um, really to voices that may not have been um, heard before or have had an opportunity to share their voice. So choreographers of color, women choreographers um, are, are really high on the list for Peter and I as we continue to move forward, um, really making sure that we have an inclusive vision um, that includes lots of, of, of different people, different voices, different experiences. Um, that's really important for us at PMB, especially with all the work that we've been doing in terms of um, our, our inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility. Mm -hmm. Can you, I know it might be hard to do at this point, but can you name any specific names of choreographers that you're particularly excited to work with or um, maybe ones that already have a relationship with the company that you're eager to deepen that relationship? Of course. So just in Rep 2, coming up in uh, a few weeks here, we have Dwight Roden coming to work with us, which we are very excited about. As you know, Dwight is the Artistic Director of Complexions um, Dance Company. And so we're we're really excited to have him work with us. Um, also, Annabelle Lopez Ochoa, she's worked with us before, but she is coming back to us to create a new work in June. We're, we're trying to get uh, Kyle Abraham here. We love his work and what he's been doing sort of around. Of course, Crystal Pite has been so amazing to work with and just a really good partner for PMB. Um, we'll be doing her The Seasons Canon uh, coming up in just a few weeks as well. And we're working on deepening that relationship with Crystal. I mean, this is, I think, the third or fourth work of Crystal's that we've done so far. And, and of course, there are more. Of course, there are more choreographers that we're looking forward to working with. And we always keep our ear to the ground looking out into the dance world to see who is doing what and and also who is not doing what, who's not having an opportunity. And maybe PMB can open our platform and share with them so that their voice can get out. Because, you know, one of the things I like to say is nobody is anybody until they're somebody, right? 
you know? And so you have to be given opportunities. You have to be given chances to show your work in order for other people to know who you are. And so I think that large organizations using their platform to allow new voices, new choreographers, new people to be seen in the dance world is one of the ways that we can start to open and shift the culture of classical ballet. Mm-hmm. And you're actually on the program yourself this season. You have a world premiere coming up in June. I know it's a ways off yet, but you do have a composer and a design team in place, it sounds like. And I'm wondering if you can talk a bit about how that work has begun to take shape, if it has. Yeah, you know, we're still in sort of the the nascent stages, just the beginning stages. Um, I haven't made a work for our company since 2012 when I made some Stravinsky. Um, so I'm excited to get back into the studio and work with our dancers um, as a choreographer and as a choreographer at PMB. One of the things that um, I really look forward to doing is getting to the studios and um, exploiting our dancers' talent, um, and 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 really pulling out the different personalities that are that that live within our company. I think that's one of the benefits of being a choreographer at a dance company where you know the dancers so well is you're able to craft a work um, that that really showcases their amazing talent and amazing abilities. So I do have a design team in place, at, um, a, a, a team that I'm working with. As, as a dance maker, I'm very collaborative. And I think that most choreographers will say that they are with their teams, but um, I'm working with Pauline Smith again. She made the costumes for my son Stravinsky back in 2012. So we're working together again, um, working with our resident lighting designer. His name is Reed Nakayama. Um, and he's he's lit quite a few pieces um, of mine before. And so um, I really like to kind of keep working with the same people that I've worked with before. I mean, because I think that the more opportunities you get to work together, um, the better and and more cohesive your works will be. And then I'm working with uh, Christina Spinet, um, who is my composer. And I actually met Christina when I did the New York Choreographic Institute. She was at Juilliard and we were paired together as a choreographer composer team then. And then she came and she worked with me here at PMB on a piece called Impulse um, back in 2009. And this is our third time working together. And so it, it's really exciting um, to have this team together um, working on this. And, you know, I actually now have a little bit of time, a little bit of the luxury of time, I'll say. Um, usually when I make pieces or have made pieces in the past, I have such a tight and narrow window to get everything together. And so having basically like a year to kind of work through this, I'm hoping that it gives me an opportunity to sort of push and stretch myself into new directions, but also the work will be uniquely Keon, which is works that are are full of energy, um, full of joy, excitement, really get you excited about ballet. Um, you know, I, I consider myself to be a ballet choreographer, um, and I really like to, what I call, take ballet and kind of just twist it a little bit um, and, 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 and make it accessible, make it exciting and, and make people really kind of bounce around in their seats. And so that's kind of the energy that we're going for. I knew for the 50th anniversary season, um, I wanted to kind of give a gift to PMB. And so I wanted it to kind of have that kind of excitement and anticipation um, and, and joy really of, of when you receive a gift and all of those emotions that you go through when you're opening that gift and how you feel after you receive it. So that's kind of the seed of the piece. And we're kind of working with that to kind of build out the larger piece. Yeah. 
Oh, your birthday present to PMB. I love that. Um, so you talked a little about how being a choreographer and getting to know the company's dancers that way was really valuable to you. How else does being an active choreographer inform your perspective now that you are an artistic leader as well? You know, I think understanding the art form from several different perspectives allows you to look at art in the world in a different way. I mean, you know, when you're creating something, it's different from viewing something. And so you understand sort of all the different components and pieces that um, uh, an artist has to go through to get to that final place on stage. And as audience members, we usually just see the final place on stage. And so I think that, you know, as an artistic leader, I'm always looking for ways to help new choreographers understand that process and also help make that process smooth for them. Like being able to anticipate what they may need or or what they may want helps us, helps me as a leader figure out how to make sure that the product that we put on stage is the best it can be. I want to come back to something you said earlier, which is you said that you had figured out at a certain point, I think I want to be an artistic director. I'm wondering if you can talk a little more about how you figured that out and what about this type of role appeals to you? Mm -hmm. um, I definitely say that I thrive in the studio around dancers. I'm, you know, thinking back about the time when I was teaching um, and, and being in the studio with the dancers, watching them grow, watching them change. You know, I, I, I have an affinity for um, helping usher dancers through their careers. And, you know, I thought, wow, what an opportunity to be the person who can help dancers carve out their careers. And as I looked around at the different jobs and arts organizations, you know, I said, wow, that's really, you know, one of the things that an artistic director does. Now, back then, I kind of thought that was only th the only thing that artistic directors did. Um, and since then I have learned so much more, but that, that component of, of being in the studio, being around the art, watching your artists flourish there's no feeling like that. And it's even kind of hard to describe when you see one of your dancers have that moment in their career where it's just like everything comes together. All the things you've been working on, all the corrections, everything you've been trying to achieve happens. It's really this, this moment of, of pride for both you and your artist. Um, now, since then, I have learned that an artistic director does much more than that. And so thinking about the organization more globally and not just thinking about how you can help the dancer's career, but how you can help all the artists who work in your organization, how you can help their careers move forward. And I think that that's why having an emphasis on new works is really important, especially for a place at PMB, because you get to see your musicians your costume builders, your production team, you get to see them grow and thrive in a way that as an artist, as a dancer, speaking for myself personally, I didn't fully see. And so now as an artistic leader, that's something I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about the possibilities um, of where PMB can go in the future and how I can help with the cultivation and development of all these amazing people who make up PMB. I mean, it's, it's, that's one of the greatest things in life for me is, is to watch the people around me, the people who are close to me thrive and succeed. 
And now, now being in a leadership position of an organization of over 300 people, I have so many opportunities um, for that. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, when news broke that you were stepping into this new role, a lot of people were really excited. And they're excited to see a person of color in a leadership position, and especially an artistic leadership position at a major ballet company. Yes. And I, you know, it's the press release mentioned that you have and you will continue to be the co-leader of PMB's Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Accessibility Committee. Those feel like beautiful steps forward. They also feel like huge responsibilities. Um, so this is a, a two-part question. When it comes to equity and diversity and inclusion, what are your priorities as an artistic leader? And then how are you feeling and coping with the burden of representation as such a prominent voice in these conversations? You know, at PMB, you know, we really want to sort of reflect and embrace our community and, and try to really provide a, a welcoming and inclusive environment where our artists, our audiences, students, staff, volunteers all feel welcome in our organization. And I think that um, having diversity and diverse perspectives, they really help advance advance that mission forward. This is a moment, especially with everything that happened leading up to this moment, where people are actually taking notice about the inequities that existed in Valley and giving voice to it is, is really an important moment for all, especially ballet organizations, large ballet organizations, to step forward and and really start to make some changes, which we have seen um, over the over the past couple of years. When I was growing up here at PMB, there were never more than maybe two um, black dancers in our company at any given time. Now, when I look down into the studio and I look at all of the black dancers and dancers of color that we have in our uh, in our company, it's really amazing. And to know that by me being here and by me experiencing any of the hardships or challenges that I faced sometimes being the only black dancer here at PMB, that it paved the way for our company to look and have this new perspective around inclusion of, of our artists is really amazing. Um, we're doing Carmina Barana right now. And um, at one point when we were doing Carmina, I was the only one on stage with a darker colored leotard. And now I look up there and I'm like, look at all of those amazing dancers of color who now have an opportunity to be on one of the largest stage stages in the United States. It's really incredible. And I'm so glad that I've had a hand in helping shape that for our organization. Now, the second part to your question, um, it is it does feel like a lot of responsibility to sort of kind of be thrust into the spotlight, especially at a time like this, being a, a leader of color. Um, but, you know, I, I take that on with great pride, you know, knowing that now people can look to an organization like PMB and see that one of their artistic leaders is a leader of color. That is going to open so many doors and opportunities for people to, to realize that they too have a chance now to become something greater than they thought they could ever be. And, you know, representation is so important, especially in our art form. I think that when you're talking about building audiences and, and building your school, when you have people who are in those positions on stage, in your studios, on your leadership team who look like you, you're more um, willing and, and more apt 
to come and engage with that. You know, it's really hard to engage with something that you already feel is a little untouchable. Elitist is a word that gets thrown around in our industry a lot. But when you start to see that there are people who look like you who are doing this thing, it feels like, oh, well, maybe this is for me. Maybe there is an opportunity and a chance for me to engage with this. And I want to engage with this because there are all these amazing artists, amazing leaders who look like me who are doing this thing and opening doors for me. And so I really think it's a privilege and an honor to be uh, a person of color in a leadership position, you know, in a major ballet company. And I intend to continue moving the needle forward and continuing to create opportunities um, for not only PMB, but for other dance organizations um, in, in the United States and around the world to be more inclusive and more open. I mean, because really it is the, the direction that we're all headed in. Yeah. Yeah. Here's hoping. Yes. Um, yeah. As you're saying, over the past few years, PMB has made what feels like big leaps forward in terms of dancer representation in particular that's something to be celebrated. And then those dancers also need support. They're facing real headwinds still. And I'm wondering as an artistic leader, and also as someone who has, as you said, has experienced some of those same challenges yourself, how are you working to make sure that they're truly supported? What do they need? Mm -hmm. These dancers need encouragement. Um, They need to know that they are seen. Um, They need to be given opportunities that may have been withheld from them before. Um, and that really takes um, an open mind, I mean, which which Peter really has and which I respect him so much for. PMB has implemented um, being able to wear um, the same color tights and shoes that match your skin tone. Um, we have really made a big push towards um, gender inclusion. These are things that were previously really, I mean, not allowed in, in in this industry and to be moving in this direction, especially in larger ballet companies. I mean, of course, the Dance Theater of Harlem, they always did that, you know, for their dancers. And, you know, this was a, a company filled with amazing and talented Black dancers. But to see now that out in the world and to see the industry changing from the core, now you have these um, major apparel and shoe companies making um, products for dancers of color, which before, you know, we would have to be in the back pancaking our own shoes and buying our own tights and all of those things. And so I think that all of these changes um, that are happening, not only internally within organizations, but externally within the dance world at large, are demonstrating the support that dancers of color need to thrive in this industry. Um, And so, you know, at PMB, we just want to continue focusing on that, continue focusing on providing opportunities, opening doors, encouraging, supporting artists of color, um, be that dancers or choreographers, and and making sure that, you know, they feel seen and they feel heard in a way that um, they may have not been in, in past times. I know a lot of these questions have been very zoomed out, but I want to zoom out even further now. Um, So as you begin this new role, what do you see as the biggest challenges the company currently faces and what makes you most excited for its future? Well, I mean, I I think that, you know, one of the challenges that PMB faces, and it's not unique to PMB, it's just unique to where the arts are in this current climate is sort of like the rebuilding out of the pandemic. 
and trying to get people back into the theaters um, to, to see our art, um, which is how it should be viewed, you know, an in-person live event, because there's something about um, the community coming together to have a collective experience that you can't recreate over a screen. Um, I do love what the digital seasons um, that lots of the large organizations, including PMB, have done to provide accessibility to our art form. But I also hope that we can create a space where people feel comfortable coming back to the theater, especially people who may not have come before, where they feel comfortable coming into the theater, being a part of that experience, um, experiencing the art, experiencing something beautiful in, in a collective space. I, I think that that's one of the challenges that many organizations are facing right now. And we're just kind of putting our head down and putting our feet to the ground and really just trying to, to really um, revamp what it means to have that kind of live arts experience. So that's definitely one of the challenges that the entire team here at PNB is focused on. One of the things that I'm most excited for is, is a continuation of the work that PMB has been doing in terms of this inclusion and equity diversity piece, like just really seeing the art form change before your eyes. I mean, I could have never imagined as a young 18 year old dancer dancing in a predominantly white company that many years down the line, the company would look completely different. And so I think that continuing that effort, that evolution forward, um, is something I'm 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 just really excited for, and and not only for PMB but for the entire dance world um, in general. I I see change happening all over the place. Um, I definitely think there's more that can be done, but just to see this spark and this continued flow forward is is just a really exciting place to be. I mean, I think this is one of the best times for myself to be elevated to a position like this when so much good work is happening and we have, we still have so much good work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I'll close with the most zoomed out question of all. Um, you've explored all these different sides of the ballet world. You've worn lots of different hats as people have been saying a lot recently, Keon and his many hats. <laughs> what do you see as the through lines in your artistic career, the sort of core values that have shaped it as a whole? One of one of the one of these core values for me is to make it better for the people who come after me. That has always been one of sort of like the through lines of my entire career. Even as a dancer, as a dancer, when I got promoted to soloist, I wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing and however I was um, moving through my career, it would make it better for the next person who joined PMB who looked like me. As a teacher, remembering how my training was and remember all the challenges and struggles that I went through as a student, trying to make the situation better for my students was always a top priority. As an artistic leader, you mentioned transparency and communication. I always felt as a young dancer that I didn't get a lot of the information that I needed to be successful. I didn't understand people weren't really forthright. And so as a leader, I try to make sure that I'm very transparent here at PMB, making sure that everyone um, who needs the information has the information they need to be successful. And I think that moving into this next place, just continuing again to say, what was missing when I was a dancer? What was missing? What did I need from my artistic leadership? 
and really trying to take stock of that and trying to create a better situation for the artists that we currently have and the artists that we will have coming in the future. So that has always been one of my core values. And I want to continue um, moving forward in that way, just making our making our industry and making the dance world better. Always leave things better than you found them. Yep. Right. That's that's kind of a lovely place to end. Kian, thank you so much for coming on and for being willing to dig deep today. I appreciate it. Of course. And um, married for the next rep program, which is just around the corner. Just around the corner. Hopefully you'll uh, you'll see it on one of our digital seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listeners will have all of the relevant links for you in the show notes. Thank you again. Thanks so much. One more big thank you to Kian. As promised in the show notes, we have links with more information about how to get either in-person tickets or digital access to PMB's upcoming rep program, which includes works by Balanchine and Crystal Pite, and as Kian mentioned, Dwight Roden. We've also got links to the company's social accounts so you can keep up with everything they have going on during their big 50th anniversary season, including Kian's premiere this spring. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a headline rundown episode, recapping all the top dance news stories. Until then, keep learning, keep advocating, and keep dancing.